into commercial real estate. And Benjamin, if you want, I can quickly go through those seven paths and then you can ask, ask questions. Please, please. All right. Well, path number one is I'll call it stair stepping. Stair stepping is where you climb the ladder. You buy a small asset. For example, my friend just bought a small self storage facility in my, the city near mine. And so he's buying that he's fixing it up. He's cleaning it up. He's putting, he's doing nice marketing, nice signage, and he's going to raise rents, raise the net operating income, hopefully, and then he'll sell it hopefully for a higher price and he'll buy a larger one. Then he'll do it again and buy a larger one. I met a guy in Dallas once Arlington, Texas, actually, he started with $1,000 he made from a bonus from his job as an airplane mechanic. He took that thousand and he somehow got a du duplex from a foreclosure at the bank. And he actually uh, fixed it up, cleaned it up, painted it, and he sold it for a $27,000 profit. And he took that money to buy a fourplex. This was in 1993 originally. And he just kept working his way up till he would, when I met him, he was selling 132 units in Arlington for about $11 million. Wow. And he was getting ready to jump up to a $16 million complex. Next, he was doing 1031 exchanges. He was stair stepping his way up. Now this is a long, hard path. It can take years and it, you know, is probably going to be a really hands-on path. If you're a hands-on person who wants to jump in and do the work yourself, get your family and friends involved, that's what he did. And that's what that path would consist of a second path would be to be a deal finder. If you have connections with brokers or sellers, if you're a good social media person or marketing person, you can write letters, make phone calls, you know, beat the streets, driving for dollars, showing up at the doorsteps and asking people if they want to sell, you might want to try this path. This would be a path where you make a pre, you know, you get a deal with a, a general partner you sign a piece of paper saying, if I bring the deal to you, you'll pay me this much in ownership and goal. The goal is not to get paid, especially since you're, if you're not a broker, you might cross some real estate brokerage laws that you right. want to be careful of. So but, security. Yeah. So you don't want to get paid. You want to get ownership and you ownership. want to bring real value and you want to sit in on the meetings you want to you know go on the due diligence walkthroughs and you want to get involved by doing that and so people ask me what a fair price is i don't really know but a general partner often with you know after they have a bunch of limited partners who put up the cash equity they often withhold about 30 percent ownership if you get 10 percent of that 30 that's a, seems like a fairly fair number and that would be about three percent ownership but whatever you do make sure that you get that in writing in advance right and um, this is commercial real estate um because you were mentioning to you know uh driving for dollars to really show up in the doorstep is that applying to commercial real estate oh absolutely yeah yeah i know i know a guy who lands in a different city almost every week and like he might land in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he'll drive all over one, two, three hour radius from there, stopping at every self storage facility that makes sense. And he'll try to buy them, you know, and often he'll be able to find the owner. 
Um, a lot of these mom and pop owners, you know, are, are working there or they have their own cell number on the sign. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm talking about driving for dollars with commercial. Uh, awesome. A third path would be being a capital raiser. Now, I want to warn everybody that the SEC is watching and they want to make sure you're doing this right. The SEC doesn't particularly like when people raise money, um, you know, and if they're not a licensed broker dealer or a legitimate general partner in the deal. So you have to be careful, follow all the laws. But what you want to do is get a pre, you know, a fixed uh, deal with a commercial GP, general partner, and you say, look, I'll bring a certain amount of the money and I expect to get a certain part of the general partnership. And again, the goal is that you stay involved, you get to know the parties, you get to know the lingo, you get to put your name on it as, you know, co-GP, let's say, and then you're going to learn, you know, increase your knowledge and your reputation with brokers and in the future, maybe able, able to do your own deal. So that's a third path. A fourth path is not very common. I don't want to spend much time on it, but it's start big. And this would be, you know, if you won money in the lottery or retired from the NFL or the NBA, or if you inherited a lot of money, or if you made money in Bitcoin before it crashed, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, take that money and go out and surround yourself with a great team. And with that team, you go out and just buy an asset and you just start off at a high level day one. Path number five is not going to be real popular with a lot of listeners, and that is get a job. Well, a lot of people are listening to your show because they don't want to have a job, Benjamin. I know that that applies to a lot of us. And getting a job might look like, though it might be really beneficial, it might look like getting a job as a property manager, an asset manager, a financial person. It might look like getting a job uh, for a broker. A uh, real estate broker or a commercial loan broker, or it might be like, um, you know, uh, Rick Graff got a job as a porter. That's below the maintenance person when he was in college. And Rick Graff worked his way up from the porter job to being the CEO of one of the largest property management firms in the world. Oh. And um, he owns, he personally has ownership in a ton of multifamily, and he's quite impressive guy. And so, so great, great path to getting a job. Right. So if you're going with this job, um, I mean, going with this path, the job that you're you're choosing to do need to be already in commercial real estate, correct? Yeah, I'm talking about getting a job in the area you want to be in. I know a guy who was from Michigan and he sold, excuse me, he worked for $120,000 paycheck uh, for a residential broker and he said this is i have no future in this so he actually quit and he took a job for half that money being a property manager for a self-storage facility in dallas and that way he learned the business from the inside out very cool yeah so path five is get a job mm -hmm. path six is going to be to be a, a passive investor there's two types. There's probably a lot more than two, but there's two main types of passive investors that I see. Number one is one who just trusts what they research. They do a little research. They, they trust somebody and then they just feed them money. So a lot of doctors, 
and IT professionals are this way. They just feed money to somebody they trust. Um, but the second type is to become an active passive investor. What I mean by that is you go out, you fly out to see the deals. You go out, get boots on the ground. You check out the due diligence. You get involved yourself and you try to develop a relationship with the sponsor where they actually even count on you to help them with their due diligence and you just work your way into the company or into just a role where you really know the business, but you stay passive, at least for now. And then someday, maybe you get to a point where you want to quit your J-O-B and you go to, uh, you know, start your own syndication firm or whatever. So that would be the passive investment route. The seventh and last path would be get a coach or a mentor. Now, the two most successful things, I think two of the two of the most successful things I've ever done started with paying about twenty-five dollars to $35,000 to get a paid coach. A paid coach would be somebody who can coach you along, uh, who can teach you the business, who can help you know the pitfalls, the pros and cons, and then really put you on the right path. And sometimes they'll partner with you like you can be a deal finder, path number two. You can be a capital raiser, path number three. Property manager, path number five, with them. And you can really learn the business by going that type of route. Uh, a mentor would be maybe somebody in your town who you go offer to do SEO or spreadsheets or whatever for them. And when you do that, you're, they'll, you know, they teach you the business and you help serve them and you just basically do a trade. And I see that as being really uncommon, but it does happen sometimes. So right. that's the seven paths, Benjamin. Wow. So this already a blueprint to um, people who want to, you know, do residential to commercial. Um, I mean, I mean, all like within all the seven paths, um, and you did mention like path number one is probably going to take the longest and like, uh, like which path would you say, you know, for, for, for people who already are doing like W2, already have a job and maybe they've been trained in the traditional, you know, education system, um, should, should, should pick, pick from, or, or, you know, a, a better path forward. Yeah. Hmm. It just really depends. I mean, like if you're somehow a person who could start a podcast, so, so let's look at Whitney Sewell, you know, Whitney, no, Whitney Sewell is, uh, he was in residential real estate. He actually was struggling in residential real estate in Roanoke, Virginia. Hmm. He tells the story and he got, he went path number seven. He got a paid coach, coach. and this paid coach, Joe Fairless, he's pretty well known. Joe told Whitney after two months, Hey, let's, why don't you just put everything else on hold and do one thing really well, go start a podcast. Now I know Whitney really well. He played drums and I played bass in a worship band wow. and we, I knew him for years and I thought podcast Whitney, really? Okay. Well, I can see it, I guess. Well, Whitney didn't just start a podcast. He started the real estate syndication show and he did a daily podcast for years. And after about a year, he got traction and he had people start telling him they would invest with him. After about two years, if I'm not mistaken, he quit his job 
He's had a W-2 job. He was doing a daily podcast. He quit his job and he actually has now raised well over a hundred million dollars for commercial real estate deals, all multifamily to my knowledge. And Whitney, so he went past seven and then went into path three from there raising money. And he actually brought on a partner and that partner's doing the heavy lifting on the real estate and asset management while he's raising the money and doing promotion. So it's a great partnership. Wow. So uh, we don't have to choose uh, from, you know, choose one out of the seven. You can be going with one and then later on switch to the other that help you leverage, you know, as, as the time come. Yes. Right? Awesome. So um, throughout your experience in commercial real estate, how, how, how would uh, how would you say in terms of the failure rate, right? Because you know one thing people hesitate the most is to fail, and in commercial real estate you're talking about scale, and maybe you know in commercial real estate if you fail you can't really turn things around or you you know uh, get up. Is that the case? What's your opinion? Yeah, you know, um, I I don't think I mentioned this already. I I I, uh, I quoted Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says, you know, sure, the rising tide has lifted all boats this last decade, but there's going to come a day when the tide goes out and then we'll see who's skinny dipping. And uh, it's pretty easy to skinny dip in commercial or residential real estate. It's when you basically take on too much debt. You take on the wrong kind of debt. You make underwriting assumptions that are based on the past, but are not realistic for the future. You get a lot of people, you promise them the moon because everybody's been making money in this real estate for a while. And it's possible that as we record this right now, it's possible we're going to be coming into a time where there's a lot of public failures in commercial real estate. In fact, um, I heard yesterday that there already are a lot of uh, multifamily and other syndicators scrambling to go back to their lenders to get loan modifications because they're not able to pay the increased interest rates. And um, so there could be a lot of failure. I think a lot of failure, again, is taking too big a risks. Think about it. When things are going up all the time, like the last 10 or 12 years, the bigger the risk, the bigger the profit. But when you're taking big risks, the profit, you know, if, if the, if things, you know, hit a bump in the road or if they start going down that same large high leverage, that same risk could collapse your equity overnight. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if a, if a 4% cap rate on a stabilized asset goes up to 6%, that's a massive, massive, massive decrease in value. And at 80%, leverage, you might have just lost all your equity. Now, if you have a long term hold, like if you plan to hold it for 10 years and the interest rate, you know, the value on paper goes down for a while, but then it returns to the same value or better in the future. And you're riding that inflation wave and you've got fixed rate debt. You might not care if your value goes down temporarily, but a lot of people have to refinance soon. And a lot of other people have floating rate debt. And those people with either or both of those could be in a lot of trouble. Wow. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, it's the cap rate expansion is certainly one thing that um, happened right now. Um, right. Paul, 
I really appreciate you uh, come to our podcast today. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, they can find me online at uh, Paul Moore Invest on Twitter. And uh, they can go to our website, wellingscapital.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S, wellingscapital.com. And I know that you, you also release a, a report from time to time to, to basically share some insight on the market and your study, correct? Yeah, I do that mostly on bigger pockets. You can find articles from me there. I've actually submitted three or four new articles there the last week or two. They'll be coming out in the next month or so. And if you want to get special reports we have at our company, the best way to do that is wellingscapital.com slash resources. And I have special reports there on self-storage, mobile home parks, how to get into commercial real estate, and soon we'll have a special report on RV park investing. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Paul, I really appreciate you coming today. You know, you have been offering a lot of great content and values to our uh, audience. I really appreciate you. Uh, please feel free to come back anytime. All right. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you again, Benjamin. And I'm really honored to be here.